All right, check, check, check. Y'all tuned in to another episode of the Label Podcast presented by Elite and Be Legendary, and I'm your host, name tag Alexander. Yo, make sure y'all check out, and I'm going to keep saying this, make sure y'all check out the Work, Win, Repeat single produced by Black Beethoven. It is featured by, I don't want to say up and coming. I hate saying up and coming. It is featuring Junie. She's a songwriter, MC, also a producer herself. Very dope. She actually dropped a track. I'm not going to say it was a single, but she dropped the freestyle. Um, It was earlier in the month of June. Conveniently, Junie. But it was earlier in the month of June. Uh, She dropped it around her birthday, but it was called Junie's Joint, and it is fire. She snapped. Anyway, check that out. I got the link in the description. In fact, I'll put the Junie's Joint in there as well. Uh, Make sure y'all order some merch. LeadingBeLegendary.net. We got the Leading Be Legendary t-shirts. We got the Leading Be Legendary snapback hats. I think I may have took them down. I'm going to have to go double check that. Yeah, I got to do a better job at maintaining the uh, merch on the website. I need to probably hire somebody to do that if I can afford it, unless you're willing to volunteer. However, You got the uh, label snapback fittings on there. We got the dad hats on there for sure. I know I didn't take those down. And then we still got the work, win, repeat, hello, victory edition uh, shirts on there, which you can see me modeling with my model style self um, on on the Internet. I'll put some more pics of those up, whatever, just so y'all can see and check out the shirts or whatever. But I've shown them before. But anyway, if you're new to the show, like I say, hit the link. It's in the description. Again, I mentioned this in the previous episode, but all of the episodes of the Label Podcast can now be watched. I guess, can you say watched? Because technically, it's not really an actual video on YouTube. I just really got the audio up on YouTube so you can listen to all of the latest episodes of the Label Podcast on YouTube. But do me a favor and make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. I was going to say make sure you like the YouTube page like it's like it's uh like it's a Facebook page, but make sure you subscribe to the Leading Be Legendary YouTube page. There is a, a couple uh, videos on there, I want to say. No, just one. It's one. I had a clip of the Work Win Repeat episode with Black Beethoven on there. Yeah, so it's, I guess there's one piece of a visual on there. And we're going to actually end up getting some videos on there soon on the YouTube page. But in the meantime, subscribe. This next episode, got Theo Ellis on. Theo Ellis is by way of Port Huron, Michigan. And man, he is a um, he's a music publisher. He's a label owner of Detroit Digital, but he runs the company Pro Sound Media and all type of gems dropped in this episode. There's certain episodes you can listen to and you're just going to get gems. You're going to recognize that I sat back mostly the entire time. It was just like a student. Some of those are like my favorite episodes. But um, this episode falls in line with the likes of the one that I did with uh, Uncle P. You gonna have to go way back for that episode. You know, I'm like 50 plus deep right now in the episodes. But Uncle P, it falls in line with the Nicole Churchill episode, um, the College of Hip Hop episode. Shout out to SJ and AJ, April Woodard. Shout out, you know, episodes like that. It, it falls in line with those. So just sit back. If you're a music artist, turn this episode up. I'm saying it like it's a track. Turn it up, you know, bump to it. Nah, but... um. A lot of gems dropped in this episode. I'm, I'm talking way too much, so we're going to get right into it. Check it out. Let us know what you think. If you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. Trust me, it helps. Just do it. Just do it.
me live by my dream. Let me live by this what I intended to be. If you got a meaning, I can probably see. Uh, so go ahead and introduce yourself to the listeners, man. Uh, my name is Theo Ellis. I am the founder of uh, Pro Sound Media, and uh, we're a music publisher and uh, label and artist services company. Dope, very dope. And it's interesting because I always talk about like the power of social media, and I just recall like one day I hadn't even planned on going on Facebook, and then just some told me just go in there, just check out the timeline, see what's going on. Just happened to come across a post. Shout out to Uncle P. And yes. um, he, he made a post about your services. And I, at the time, I was just telling uh, everybody, like, yeah, man, I'm looking for, like, a publishing administration so I could properly, you know, collect my royalties as far as my performance royalties. Obviously, you know, for artists that don't know, there is a difference between mechanical and, you know, the performance. So, um, and yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm learning. I'm learning that. So, uh, yeah, I saw it and I was like, well, let me go ahead and check this out because Uncle P never misses when he's like recommending something, whether it's an article um, or just somebody's services that, you know, artists should really check out. And I went ahead and did it. And, and here we are, man. You know? Yeah. And and it's been a, it's been a pleasure, you know, making your acquaintance. And, and you're right. P is, uh, you know, I've known that brother, man, going back, honestly, like, bro, like to early, mid 90s. You know, wow. like. We go, we go, we go that far back, and um, and uh, you know, I, I wasn't always doing this then, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, but but yes, uh, you know, he's always been a, a solid brother and a solid resource. I mean, I, you know, he's connected me with many people as I was, you know, furthering my career and coming up. And hey, you might want to help at this person or that person or this one can help you out or you know, if you got a question, you should talk to this person. You know, and P's always been that great connector and great facilitator. So shout yeah. out to Uncle for he- you know always being him yeah even when he's not trying to like i did uh want to say like one of the earlier episodes with him and just based off me doing that this is like i'm at the time i'm brand new to podcasting it's like 2016 by me doing that that's how i ended up connecting with uh these twins a shout out to sj and aj and at Mm. the time they had they still have the uh the website and the app actually the college of hiphop.org and just based off that episode, one of them reached out to me just about advertisement on my show. And I was like, OK, that was like my first time just like even dealing with advertising with the podcast. And I was like, just because of him, they're like, yeah, we heard we rock with Uncle P. We heard the episode, man. And, we, you know, we think you dope. we want to rock with you. Should we have a relationship to this day just based on that? That's the, that's the power of P right there, you know. Yeah, what I'm man, exactly. <laughs> he, say it, he put that stamp on it. You know, it's real. <laughs> I was like, man, that was that was the episode. Just I, I had him phone in. I think I had him on speakerphone, and we just, you know, we kicked it, man. Just chopped it up, and it was a dope episode. I want to say it was like episode six. But man, I was look. I looked over, you know, some of your profile early on, of course, like just by finding out through Uncle P about you, and you did, you know, you went to Specs Howard, I believe, for uh, TV and radio broadcasting, correct? Yep. Yep, okay, so t- talk about that experience. Uh, so, I mean, it was a great experience for one. Um, you know, it, it, it since, you know, they've since relocated at the time when I took it, it was, they were located off of uh, Greenfield um, and uh, or off 696. But um, when I took it, the experience was this. They taught you both sides, radio and television. Mm. As I understand it now, if someone's to register, you have to choose which one do you want to learn about. Yeah. So I actually kind of got it, you know, it was better when I had it because they, they taught you everything at that time, you know. Okay. So, uh, it, 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 was a, it was a great experience. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I went. Um, 
you know, it, it's helped me um, at earlier stages in my career. I, cause I, you know, I worked in radio for a bit early on and, um, and coming up even, you know, for me, I started out, you know, my journey as a DJ mm-hmm. and even being um, on air and stuff at our uh, high school radio station. Um, so, you know, I, I did that and then that parlayed into going to Specs Howard to, you know, get my degree in, in broadcast uh, communications and whatnot. And, you know, that led to a job working um, at the local radio station. I'm uh, out of the Port Huron area. Shout out to Poho. Okay. <laughs> you know, we at the end of 94, you know, you just keep going till you can't go no more. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, so, you know, where you're from and everything. Like, because I was wondering, like, is he from Detroit? Like, I never really looked that far into it as far as, like, just research and everything. But Port Huron, okay. Yep, yep. So, so that's all oh, Michigan. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so, uh, but yeah, man. And uh, so that, that you know, that, that's kind of been my journey and, and, it's it's all evolved and everything for me has been organic. Like I said, started as a DJ. From that, um, you know, got a job interning at, at uh, recording studios, uh, Studio A in Dearborn, mm. uh, one of one of the top studios. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, interned there for a few years. You know, I was a studio rat. Like I was one of those guys that was just let me just hang out here all the time. I just wanna I just wanna be here and soak it up. You know, like it's that's the best way I, to learn. And, uh, and so they started out, first job I had was accumulating a sample library for these guys. Um, because at the time, you know, this is, you know, you're talking, 80, you know, 89, 90, 91. And, you know, hip hop's still brand new. Sampling is still brand new, you know, but yeah. it's starting to take hold, you know. And so they wanted, uh, you know, they put me in charge of building their sample library. So all I did was just sample different stuff. And, you know, save the sound, save the sound, start to accumulate a sample library for them. I eventually got to, you know, work on some mixing and learned about mixing and things like this. And, uh, you know, kind of made my way up to first assistant and whatnot. So, uh, but then from there, you know, I, I start producing, you know, eventually, you know, many years later, I open my own studio, uh, you know, get into publishing and, and start, you know, by the way of releasing music is how I got into publishing. Wow. Uh, because one of the first cuts that, you know, I have a group called the Lyricist. Um, and we've been putting out music since again, mid nineties. That's where me and P connected originally. You know, he, uh, interviewed me and my group, uh, with, um, when he was doing his radio show. I was just going to say, was he, was he doing radio at this time? Okay. Yep. Yep. When he was doing the radio show at Henry Ford. Uh, DC and, and Aridix. Shout out to those guys. Man, know? those are my guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like those, like, so, so, you know, we're, we're doing that. And, um, but when we put out our stuff, you know, from being in and around the studio and, and, and having a grasp on the business side of things early on, I knew the, how important it was to make sure that we have everything in order. So I took it upon myself to make sure all of our samples were cleared. Um, and so that was my real first official publishing move was getting these samples cleared. What is know, that? My- what is that process though? Because it's is a lot of artists and you know just you know got labels that don't do it. So like you know you right. say you took it upon yourself. Like what's that process of just clearing samples? Uh, step one is research, because you have to know who you're asking permission from. You know, so that's step one, is researching it to find out who owns the rights to whatever the song is that you're sampling. Okay. Um, that's step one. Once you find that out, then step two is filling out the proper paperwork, which typically involves just a, there's one form, a sample clearance sheet, 
Um, different companies may have a template. Like if you were, say there was a song you sampled that Universal Music owns the rights to. Right. If you go to Universal Music's uh, website, somewhere on there, there'll be a link to their licensing form that you can download for sample clearance. You know what I mean? And, and each each entity may have their own version of it. Um, but that's that's basically what it, what it boils down to. And then from then, it's um, a negotiating game. Um, you know, the, the factors that go into consideration for sample clearance are the first and foremost, what song you're sampling, B, how much of that song you're sampling, where it's at in the song. Is it just the intro or is it the chorus and main part of this song and the melody? You know, all these different factors come into play. Um, and then the last factor that comes into play is how many copies are you distributing? Now, nowadays it's different because of streaming. So everything goes yeah. out worldwide. But back in the day, with, you know, with physical copies, they want to know how many physical copies are you getting pressed up because that's all would come into factor and consideration for how much they're going to charge you to clear the sample. You know, for example, if you have 100,000 copies getting pressed up, well, that's potentially 100,000 copies that you're going to make money from. So we want X amount of money to clear this sample. If you're only getting 1,000 copies pressed up, well, then that's only, a, you know, there's only 1,000 copies worth of money there. So it, it changes the number and the formula that they use, right? Um, but like I said, it's a little bit different now with, with digital streaming because everything goes out worldwide. And they kind of take, you know, take that out of consideration. Now, it's not as big a consideration as it once was uh, because of the digital uh, platforms. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's what it basically boils down to. And hopefully, you know, they, first of all, say yes. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize is anybody has the right to say no. Yeah, it's like, um, it's my music. I don't, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the interesting thing to me that I've, that I've always, man, this one really gets me. And I've asked, I have tons of attorney friends um, within the industry. And no one, you know, has the answer for this one. And I still can't figure this one out. If I want to do a cover song of your song, I don't need your permission. I can just take your song. I can, you know, play the beat. I can sing the song. I can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I can release that. And I can make money from it. And I don't need your permission. And it's completely legal. Okay? Mm. It's, called a, it's called a compulsory license. And that's what U.S. copyright law allows. They allow anybody to cover anyone's work so long as, A, properly keep tabs on your sales and b you pay the mechanical licensing fee wow. which is which is 9.1 cent okay you know it's so, a, so if i if a... i do a cover song of you know you know beyonce which you know that ain't happening but i'm just saying yeah <laughs> right? i was just gonna say like is that is that up for grabs like <laughs> i was thinking of like the bigger name artists off top <laughs> right you know what i mean like i can do that and i can release whatever song i want okay as long as i'm paying her 9.1 cent for every copy that i sell Wow. Right. That's that's the law. That, that That's it. It's plain and simple. I don't need your permission. So it's always been odd to me that I don't need your permission to basically use your entire song. But I do need permission to use one second of it or even a half a second of it when I, you know, when you sample Interesting. Something. You know, if I want to use your snare drum, Pat, I sample just that snare drum. I need your permission for that. Yet if I want to use the entire song that that snare drum was in, I don't need No it. permission. And then you said yeah. it's 9.1%. Nine point one cent, less than a dime. Oh, okay, okay, I got you. That makes okay. Wow, yeah. Why? Why is it that way? Do they even have like... I, no one seems to be able to, you know, give me a solid answer other than well, that's just the law. You know what I mean? Like, Man, so I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? I really don't get it. I think part of it does hinge upon 
the creative and their, you know, like you said, the, it's, it's their intellectual property. It's their baby. It's their work. And so they do get to say what happens with it, whether you take it and do an interpolation of it or, you know, put your own spin on it or whatnot. So, I mean, derivative works are considered sampling, basically. You know, so if we're going to do a derivative work or something, uh, then you need permission. You know, if you're going to sample it, you need permission. So anything that alters the original, you need permission. And there is exceptions because when you get into things like satire, okay, um, you have a guy like Weird Al Yankovic. I was just going to say, is that what he, yeah, right. that's okay. But, but, but for his, see, he needs permission for what he's doing because his is not just satire. He's doing completely original derivative works, right? They're yeah. Completely new works that he's putting together, right? So he does need permission on his. But there is room within the satire department that you can do, you know, certain things without permission. You know, so so it, it gets interesting. It's uh, it gets complex. It's uh, you know when you're talking about publishing, when you're talking about copyrights, that is a rabbit hole that uh, once you start going down it, brother, you can find yourself going and going and going and going because it, there's so many layers to it. You know what I mean? Like you're talking yeah. about and peeling the layers are just so many layers to it. And uh, you know, I just do my best to to stay abreast of everything new and current. The laws are always changing. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And you know that that that's what I do. You know. Yeah, I, I see it all the time. Like I, I follow the ASCAP daily brief, so every once in a while I get an email and they're just they're talking about new uh, changes as far as copyright laws and just everything. So I'm always trying to keep my eye on that. It'd be a lot to like take in, but I'm just trying to like keep my eye on it and find out what's going. On. Just just staying aware of what's going on. Talk about and the that- um. I was going to say your, your label because I, I know you mentioned like you know you, you you have your own music label, like you say you do the publishing, yep. but like Detroit Digital, right? Yep. Like, what, what's the backstory to that? So Detroit Digital was founded again. Every everything with me has been an organic journey, and everything kind of came out of necessity. You know, I, I got into publishing because I needed, you know, wanted to clear the samples. You know, needed to get the samples cleared, so I learned about it, and that kind of started my world on publishing. Um, the label came about because you know, in publishing, one of the ways you make money is sync licensing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and, you know, after getting a couple sinks placed, I learned very quickly that, oh, you get paid two ways from a sync license, one on the master side, whoever owns the publishing, and then one on the sound recording or label side, whoever owns the label. And so I'm like, oh, if I had a label, then there could be a whole nother chunk of money that I could be getting that I'm not currently getting. <laughs> you know, so, so that's, that was the, the basis of starting the label, just so that we could control the master and the sound recording. Because always right. with most with with all labels, I guess I would say in general, the label off top owns the master to mm-hmm. that. Unless said artist, you know, works out something where they do own their master. Because that's that's Correct. it's always the thing. Correct. You always hear about artists saying, Yeah, I own my masters, and it's like that's a big deal. So okay, that makes sense. Yep. And so that's so that's how it originally started, right? Um, but then from that, you know, talking with Uncle P and um you know, I said, man, think about bringing on some artists and, you know, actually taking this label from just something that's used for sync to actually, you know, being a label. And, whatnot. and P said, you know, he thought it was a great idea and he wanted to be on board. So brought P on and, um, you know, he brought him on as head of A&R for the label. And, you know, that's what kind of launched it from there. And, uh, you know, so now we've got artists that we represent uh, from the U.S. and Canada. 
um, internationally. And then we also have some artists from the UK that, that we're putting material out. Nice. So it's, it's just, everything's just grown organically, like I said, and, and it was never a, a vision or dream. I would have never, if you asked me this 25 years ago, would I be a publisher and label? That, that was not in the, my plans. You know what I mean? It just, it just happened. Everything happened out of necessity. And, uh, I, and I've enjoyed it. I can relate to that. Cause I, if you ask me half the stuff that I know now, it's like, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to though. It's like, I was forced into knowing it like on my own. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. That's, that's the same with me, man. And, and, uh, you know, I thoroughly enjoy being that conduit for the artists, for the writers, uh, you know, on the publishing side, helping people find unclaimed royalties like that. That brings me joy when I go, look what I found for you. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that was out there, you know. And uh, and, I, and I don't care if it's if it's micro pennies or if it's, you know, big money. It's the fact <laughs> you know is, I mean? yeah, this is the fact like, that it's out there. Yeah. And, and that it's yours. Like this, this is yours. It belongs to you. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel good helping people find that. I feel good when we get people sync licensing because obviously that you know that pays nice. <laughs> and yes. So, so <laughs> yes, it help, does. <laughs> help artists, you know, make money from their music and their careers. You know that that brings me joy. But then also on the label, you know, that's on the publishing side. But then on the label side, you know, helping people get their music out there. You know, we release um, to two hundred and forty countries worldwide. You know, we we have. Um, uh, distribution deal with Believe Digital. Um, and for those who don't know Believe Digital, they're the parent company of TuneCore. So they're the company that owns TuneCore. TuneCore um, got a few, So wait, okay, so I was just going to say, like, does TuneCore own them or is it the other way around? But you, you no, confirmed. They it. own TuneCore. Yeah, Believe owns TuneCore. Okay. And uh, so, like, there would be no TuneCore if not for Believe. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's all Believe's um, infrastructure. Um, and, uh, and they're a great partner to have uh, because they give us, you know, when we do a release, um, we are able to give them all of the information ahead of time. And they're able to reach out to their partners around the world um, and, you know, get us good looks and promotionals. We've had artists that um, have debuted debuted top five on the charts in malaysia wow you know and that's primarily through our relationship with believe and their relationship with their partners in malaysia right so so they're definitely a good good partner to have for us um and uh but yeah man like i said i i totally enjoyed the journey of, of helping these artists get their music out there get it to the world um and bring their visions to life yeah man and because that, that and that's what it's really about you know what i mean just just it, it's I always say, like, with me, like, the older I get and being involved in the music industry, it's like, it becomes more about being a service. That's one of the, like, not one of the main reasons I started a podcast, because it really just kind of happened, like, all right, let me just go ahead and see what this is about, and let me set up the mic and just go ahead and record an episode. But then I started doing it, like, for prime example, this episode now, this is, like, just a, a prime piece of information for people that might tune in and aren't even music artists. They might just be listening and, and, and be seeking to get involved in the same fields that we're discussing and just go, like, oh, okay, so this is how we clear a sample. Okay, so that's that's what I need to do. I just learned myself about the whole thing yeah. with the cover songs, like 9.1, what? And I could just go ahead and record, like, man, let me go do some cover songs. <laughs> just, well, and that's <laughs> the thing, too. Like, and, and you're so spot on. You know, maybe you should do some cover songs. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. Like, this is the one thing a lot of people forget about, um, and for 
you know, even myself, even myself, I, you know, for many years, I forgot about this until one day it clicked, you know, mm-hmm. this is the music business, you know, everybody always forgets that second word, you know, as creatives, we get caught up, we, we make our piece of art, you know, and we, we get creative with it. But every one of us forgets that this is a music business, right? And and it's it's there. It exists to make money. Yeah, that's, that's the, from day the one. Thing. You know, that's the whole point of it. And so, like, once that clicked for me, once that switch went on, then I started seeing all the ways there is to make money. Like, for example, cover songs. Oh, I can release this song. You know, say you're a great singer and you do this amazing cover, John Legend, whatever. And now your song gets a million hits or whatever. You're making money from that. You know what I mean? And so is John Legend because, again, you got to pay yeah. his 9.5%, right? But you're making money. Now you found a way to make money for yourself that obviously you wouldn't have been making money from. Listen, let me let me tell you, man. I know a lot of artists that 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 do cover songs and don't release them. And yeah. later on tonight, I'm pretty sure I'm going to contact those artists. Like, hey, did you know? Nope. Like, you need to probably. <laughs> should. Should. And if they need help, you know, getting compulsory license, I can I can help set that up because uh, you have to give the other person notice. That's like that's part of that's what yeah. compulsory license is. It's you letting them know. By the way, I covered your song, or I'm going to cover your song, and here's my contact info, and I'll be in touch to get you your money, basically. You know, but uh, but uh, but. You, you know, you have to get that, you know, or you can just ask for the, the license from them. Right. Those about it. But with the compulsory, you don't ask, you just do. Man. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, compulsory, I mean, on one hand, the compulsory is a little bit easier. On the second hand, it's something like every 30 days you have to report your royalty state. Oh, them, man. Right? So, so there's a little bit more work involved because every 30 days they want to know, what'd you do? What'd you do? What'd yeah. You, do? <laughs> you know, so. You know, but uh, but you know, either way, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely spread the word. And if anybody needs any help with that, feel free to reach out to me. I don't have a problem. So uh, that's that's one of my things I love doing is helping people out. Talk about the um, and it, it kind of it ties into this as well. Like I, I like the the uh, the the tagline for the uh, how, how do you pronounce the published company? Is it Seal? Seal. It is Seal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like Seal of. Yep. Got it. Now, I, I like the tagline for that. It says empowering musicians everywhere. And like you say, you, you like helping artists, you know, just helping them, Absolutely. you know what I mean? Just discovering like what they may have, the unknown, basically, um, you know, kind of speak to that because it's connected with pro sound media. Like you, you mentioned how a lot of the things you is it, organic. Right. So mm-hmm. kind of speak to you recognizing the need to create and develop this type of company. Because you could have easily oh. just said, let me just only make this specific to Detroit Digital, right? Let this be yeah. a, a, a sister company to that and it only be for these artists. What made you just break from that and say, hey, Pro Sound Media, you know, still publishing. This is going to be for artists who come across this site, whether it be word of mouth, you know, online or, or me just reaching out to people. Like what helped you discover that need? Um, you know, the first thing I'll say is, you know, as far as publishing, one of the things I, I learned early on was that a publishing is the most one of the most important areas in the music business that every single person in the music business should know about. Mm-hmm. Yet it is the least understood by every single person in the music industry. And I mean, every person, not just like me and you. I mean, you can talk to big wigs at companies. And like, if you talk to a guy that works for Atlantic Records, you know, he has a basic understanding of publishing, but he doesn't know it, know it. And he doesn't want to know it, know it. He's like, that's what we have, you know, so-and-so publishing for. They handle that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so, 
you know, because it, it, it's so complex, you know. Um, so, I mean, right away, it was something that I'm like, man, people got to learn about this. And I'm like, if anything, I'll at least learn about it and I'll try and pass it on to, the, to my friends and, you know, people that, that want to listen or whatnot. Um, and for me, one of the stories I always tell people is, so I made a, I made a beat for somebody because, like I said, I produce, I make this beat. And remember, when a song is made, there's two sides of the copyright. Right. There is the music and the lyrics. Okay. That's what composes a song, music and lyrics. Without either one of those, li- music without lyrics is not a song. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and lyrics without music is poetry. Basically. <laughs> so, you know, you know, and obviously there's exceptions. I mean, you could take jazz music. Those are songs. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. But, but, um, but that's the way, you know, it's set up. So I made the music. Guy comes in and raps, okay? I'm trying to get the song registered, and I tell him, you know, hey, let me get your um, IPI number so that I can get this properly registered. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, your IPI number is, stands for Interested Party Information. That's the number that your PRO gives you, uh, ASCAP, BMI, whichever one you're signed with, that you tie all your songs to, and you register all your songs underneath that number so that they know who to pay when royalties need to be distributed. And so... I asked the guy that so that I could get him paid. Okay. Mind you, I'm asking him for this information <laughs> to get him paid. Okay. He doesn't understand that. And he's like, Oh, you're not getting my number there. Like he's thinking like I'm asking for his social security number or something. Like I'm somehow going to rip him off. I'm like, no, no, you're not understanding by giving me the number. This is what ensures you get paid. And long story short, this guy got so heated about it. He threatened to come by my house and shoot up my crib. Cause he thought I was trying to steal from Yikes. him. I'm like, bro, I'm like, no, it's not that serious. Like, I'm, I'm trying to help you. You're not understanding it. And so that's when I was really like, man, there are people really do not get this stuff. Like, I got to figure out a way to really break this down for people and help them understand it, right? And so I was able to do that. You know, like now what I do when we're looking at anybody that's coming into publishing, and uh, you you know, you and I have had this conversation. Yeah. I sound, and I, anybody that, that wants to talk about publishing or that's thinking about bringing me on as a publisher, the first thing I do is break down the history of music publishing, where it started, how it started, why it started, you know, and bring people up to speed so they have a better and complete understanding of what music publishing is. You know, people have enough information by the time that we're done talking, they could go and do their own publishing if they wanted to, you know. But nine times out of ten, they go, you know what, thank you for now that I understand all that, but will you please handle that while I just focus on <laughs> Thank you. I have the knowledge now. <laughs> that's what we're here for, you know? Like, absolutely, we want creatives to focus on being creative, and we'll handle the admin boring stuff, you know? But I want you to understand what exactly I'm doing. So, A, you know what to expect from me, but B, you also just know how this industry works. It's important, you know, it's important you know how you get paid. You would not take a job at McDonald's and not know what day payday is or how your check comes. Is it coming direct deposit, a paper check? It's a good way way to look at it. Whatever, you know, so... So that's what this is. Again, it boils back to the music business. People keep forgetting that that little word business. They they do the music and they forget about the business. And so I've really made a, you know, a mission of mine to empower the musicians, educate them, help them as much as I possibly can so that they can once they're armed with that knowledge, they're better equipped moving forward, whether it's with me or anybody else. Yeah, man. It is it's a need. Like I said, it's a, it's always just kind of like fulfilling that need and artists may not even understand that they these are things that they need to understand again like you said a second word business at the end of the day 
Um, we we spoke about sync placements earlier. Like, is, talk about some of the placements that you guys secured, you know, through Seal. Like, what what are some of those? Uh, you know, right now we got we got a gift that keeps on giving, and that is uh, a placement we did for Coca Cola uh, for a Sprite commercial featuring LeBron James. Uh, you, you've probably seen it at one time or another. It's the one they're all he's standing around and he's like, you know. Even they're like eating tacos or something. It's like, even if my mouth was on fire and blah, 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 I wouldn't tell you to drink a Sprite, you know? And then at the end, he's like, I'd ask you, right? Like, oh, so. yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about now. I remember you mentioned it before yeah. when we talked off air, and I was trying to figure out, so I know LeBron did a few Sprite commercials, but then I, I thought yeah. about it. He had the, like, sarcastic grin on his face the whole time. Right. But yeah, right. I know what you're talking exactly. about. Yeah. Yeah, and so that one's become uh, what we call an evergreen because it just – it keeps on giving. So we originally had that license just for Sprite in uh, just for the territory of Canada. Um, it got great. You know, they had a great run there. It was six months. They came back to us and wanted to do a, a reuse license for the United States. Mm -hmm. It ran in the United States. Then they came back again, ran it again in Canada uh, two more times. And you remember, each time they do this, it's another licensing fee. Yeah. Okay. So um, and then just recently, um, not even two weeks ago, we just got an email from them saying they now want to take it to uh, Australia. Um, what is it? Australia, New Zealand, um, Samoa, uh, Fiji, a bunch of island, uh, smaller islands, all and Australia being the biggest of the territories. So, you know, that one's been great for us. But we've also had Victoria's Secrets placements. Uh, Allegra, the uh, allergy commercial, you know, Allegra, we've done stuff for, um, we've, uh, we've had uh, stuff featured on, um, uh, what is that, on ABC, uh, Undercover Boss. Okay, that's a big one, Boss. yeah. Um, and then on the CBC in Canada, the Canadian Broadcast uh, uh, Channel, there's a show called Kim's Convenience, which is a sitcom about a, a, a Korean convenience store owner named mr kim kim's convenience right so, <laughs> and uh you know and, and we've had music featured on that several times as well uh, as well as wang's world if you're familiar with wang's world on vice uh not too familiar no at first i thought i thought you said wang's world i'm thinking like what like wait a minute y'all <laughs> y'all been a a a n g oh wang. okay okay but uh, Wang's World's a dope show. You should check that out. You can check it out on YouTube and stuff. Right. But, uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, those are just some of the stuff. And we're always looking for more and, and continued placements. Uh, we've also done some library work for music production libraries, which is just, like, instrumental cues and stuff. Yeah. They'll say, we're looking for trap beats or whatever, and we'll send them over, you know, a bunch. And then, you know, they'll put together a whole library based off of our, our beats. Um so you know, it's just different, uh, different stuff. Is there a specific genre that you all deal with when it comes to the the sing licensing that outshines the other? Like, is hip hop does it perform better than maybe like an R and B? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it a um, the thing is yes and no. I mean, right now, you know, hip hop is definitely all the rage, right? Yeah. Um, but it's but it's it's certain type of hip hop. It's not. You know, like I tell people, the way I try and explain to people, if you think Dr. Dre, right, like that's that always does well when it comes to hip hop placements. Um, just uh, like dun, 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 like you know, that's type, that's the beat that I thought of immediately. Like <laughs> yeah, like when you think Dr. Dre sound like that, that's the stuff that works well. 
they're not necessarily wanting um, something with uh, you know a glide base in there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, but but they can get. But they can. It depends. I mean, you know, th- there can be stuff that they use that that is like glitch hop or you know has heavy EDM and pop influences. It just depends. You know, the number one thing when it comes to sync is this. Um, you know, we don't ever know. And honestly, I don't think they even know the people that want it. The director will know it when they put it to the music and put the music with the video. You know, they're going to shoot the commercial or or even if it's a scene in a, you know, in a, in a film or TV, they may have a better idea. But let's take a commercial, for example. They'll be like, you know what? We want some music that has this type of feel. And it may be down tempo. It may be a party feel. It may be a chill vibe, whatever. They're going to give us a brief that says we're looking for something that has this feel. And then we'll submit the music, and when they line it up with that video, they'll know which one fits the best with that video. But they don't know it until they actually see it and hear it. You know what I mean? Like they so just you gotta, have an idea. Got to match wanna... that the visual with the sound just overall. Right, right, and you know that's the that's the synchronization portion of it, right? Why? And, well, no, go on, go on. What are you gonna say? And, and so, like I tell people all the time, people think, "Hey, man, I got this great song about a Ford Mustang. Can you get it in a Ford Mustang commercial?" Uh, probably not. Because Ford Mustang doesn't necessarily want a song about Ford Mustang. You know what I mean? What they want is something that just has the right vibe and feel. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with that. You know, they may have a commercial that for whatever. Let's say they had a commercial with they show a convertible Mustang driving to the to, you know, the top of where there's a cliff and it's nighttime. And, there's you know, my man's got his arm around his girl and stuff like this. Do you think they want music about I love my Ford Mustang in that moment? No. Yeah, it's not you know going to match up. They're going to want something more chill and like seductive like that that makes the car look sexy. Do you know what I'm saying? So it just depends on what they shot and what they need, what their needs are. Why do you why do you think like so many artists are unaware of sync licensing or if they are aware they kind of turn a blind eye to it? Um I think it's more of a not knowing thing. Um, although it's definitely, definitely gaining a lot more popularity. Actually, this when I first started doing sync licensing, there were hardly anybody knew about it. Like every, especially on the production side, for producers and stuff, everybody was chasing that that major placement. If I could just get my track on Jay Z's album, if I could just get my track to Ti, if I could just get my track to you know, I swear, Vezza, I'll be straight. <laughs> yeah, no, that's real. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like that's that's the path everybody was chasing. You know what I mean? Um, now I think you know it's definitely more and more people are learning about sync licensing. Uh, the market's getting a little bit more crowded, uh, but there's still a, a, a ton of people that do. They're just not aware of it, and that just boils down to lack of understanding the business and all the ways that you can make money from this business. Yeah, man, because it's, it's definitely a huge revenue stream, and, and I, I just, I would like for more artists to be aware of it, but at the same time, it's like, okay, cool, go ahead and not be aware, I'm just go ahead and move over this way, y'all, y'all go ahead and do that, y'all, you know, go ahead, <laughs> over there, you know, focus Absolutely. on, like you said, trying to get the major placements, which is nothing wrong with that, but it's like, hey, I'm a, I kind of figure something out over here, so y'all, y'all come along with me already. Um, there's, there's a company in LA right now that's buying everyone's rights up, right, like, so if you've got music, they'll, you know, you can send them your, your music. And if they like it, they will make you an offer, like a, a, a nice offer. <laughs> um, now, now, mind you, you're, you're, you're selling off your rights to that. Yeah, I was going to say. So is that like um, a, um, what type of, is that like a certain type of publishing deal? Uh, yeah, you're assigning full rights over to them. So you're, you're relinquishing your rights. They're, they're buying you outright. You know what I mean? So they will own the rights to that music, you know, 
henceforth, and you'll never see another dime from it. You know, and people say, well, why would you do that? Well, why would you do that? Just depends, man. Like, it's business. That's why would you yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, how much do what, you what, care what, about those songs? <laughs> what, what is that number talking? You know, people ask me all the time, excuse me, people ask me all the time, you know, what? Is this a good deal? You know, they'll come to me. I'll have friends. Hey, I got this. This label wants to sign me or this or that. Is this a good deal? Well, I don't know. What's your situation like? You know, like everybody's situation is different. If your ass is homeless, living in a van down by the river, and I come to you, you know, hey, Tag, I give you $1,000 for your entire catalog. In that moment, if you ain't eight in two weeks, that might be a good deal for you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know? Now, at the same time, you're striving, you're doing good, and I come at you with that scene, and you're like, no, cuz, I'll pass. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it just depends. You know what I'm saying? It just depends. Everybody's situation is different. You know, what makes a good deal? To me, a good deal is anyone that puts money in your pocket. That's a good deal. You know what I mean? Now, could it be a better deal? Hell yeah. yeah you know and all like, deals take, can be nego- renegotiated. <laughs> yeah, don't take $5 when you could have got $5,000. But that, again, comes to the business side of it and knowing your worth, knowing proper valuation, right? And knowing what, how to negotiate, like you said, because again, another thing I tell artists, everything's negotiable. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 it honestly is, you know. Now, with because we, we, it's a lot of negatives that come from this with streaming, and it's solely just based on the payout. As far as you're not yeah. really even like um, we always talk about this. I can't hand you a, a half of a penny out of my pocket. You know what I mean? It's like. So opposed to the negatives, how can artists specifically benefit from streaming? Like, what's the, what's the positives from that? Well, first off, I mean, let's look at, let's take a Drake, for example. Mm-hmm. He, he's not hurting. You know, he does just fine in the streaming, like his revenue, okay? He does just fine. Now, obviously, not every single artist is, you know, putting out those type of numbers, Right. Um, but at the end of the day, what I can tell you is this, you know, I, to me, I fight, I constantly lobby, um, you know, I pushed real hard for the Music Modernization Act. And, and what I mean by I pushed real hard is I did my part by contacting my legislature, right? Debbie Stabnaw, Gary Peters, Paul Mitchell, the representatives and senators for the state of Michigan, I reached out to them and said, hey, when you guys go to Washington, vote yes on this. This is important to my job and, and to my company, and not just mine, but other creatives like me, you know? And that's something that everybody can do. I mean, if you want to see the streaming rates change, then that's a law that has to be changed. Yeah. And the only way to change laws is to go through legislature. So you have to do that. And some people say, well, that's a waste of time. They're never going to listen. Listen, man, all I know is this. If you don't at least make the attempt then it'll never happen. And apparent, I mean? and apparently something's working because I'm noticing like once the the act passed, I started mm-hmm. noticing everything coming about with with Spotify just kind of pulling away. Like, okay, yeah. um, well, we overpaid this many artists yeah. in this year, oh, yeah. and we want that money back. You know, or we're oh, suing yeah. this. You know what I mean? So like something, they know something. Like, all right, you know, is they they recognize they waking up. So uh, we got to figure something out. You know, and the, and the reason that those streaming laws are like that is because they're old and antiquated. Yeah, they're tied. They're tied to uh, a consent decree that was levied upon ASCAP and BMI many, 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 many years ago, back in the '40s, by by our U.S. government, and that basically told them they can't charge more than X, right, and for certain things. And so that's where that comes from. 
But, you know, that's an era in the 40s. They didn't they weren't thinking about streaming. No. You know, they, they had no idea that was even going to exist. You know what I mean? But now that it does, they have to use that same old antiquated formula to come up with these streaming numbers. Uh, the good news is, like I said, with the Music Modernization Act passing, uh, you know, there will be a 45% increase for music publishers over the next five years. So that's great, you know. Another um, important reason to have you publishing together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and even right now, there's a there's a there's a. Uh, a bill that's going before the Senate and that uh, to create a copyright small claims court. Um, right now, there's a big, there's a bigger copyright court uh, on the federal level, but it's very expensive, if you will, to to file claims within that court. The smaller one would be a small claims court for smaller businesses like myself, like yourself, uh, you know, and make it a little bit easier for us to file claims versus going through the, the, the big system that exists currently. Um, and again, I've already sent out my, my letters to my, my, hey, I need y'all on this. Help a brother out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, it, it trust me, it, you know, at the end of the day, at least I know I did my part. Now, whether it makes a difference, goes through, I can at least sleep at night knowing that, hey, yeah. I, I didn't not do something. Do you know what I mean? You weren't, like, you weren't just frustrated after. about it and just didn't do anything. You know, it's the same thing when it comes to voting for presidents and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, you can't complain about the situation if you did nothing to try and fix that situation. Right. <laughs> Get out there and vote. It matters. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man. I, li- I like these type of episodes because it allows I-, – I get to sit back and just be a student. Like, even, like, stuff that I thought I may have known, like, okay, I, I pretty much got it. I'm going to just recap. That's all it's going to be. But then I learn something new, like, every time. So I, I appreciate it, man, for you no, just coming on. Um let them know like the website in which they can, uh, you know, find Pro Sound Media still publishing and your socials as well. Yeah, we're at uh, prosoundmedia.com. Um, that website's used primarily um, as a landing page for our um, music publishers and advertising agencies to find our music. Like on the home page, there's always music up there and stuff like that. But there is a contact button on there, and if you're looking to reach out to me or if you have questions. Uh, you can feel free to go to the website. Um, but also, um, all of our stuff is at ProSound Media. So on IG, it's at ProSound Media. Twitter, at ProSound Media. Uh, I, you know, I don't do the snaps. I'm good on that. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, our face, Facebook, we have a Facebook page, Seal Publishing. We also have a Facebook page for ProSound Media. And, you know, and just for clarification, you know, ProSound Media is the parent company that started it all. From there, we started Seal Publishing, the publishing arm, and then Detroit Digital, the label arm. Um, and, you know, that that's where we're at with it, you know. And, uh, and we're doing things. I mean, we've got great, great uh, talent like yourself on the roster, representing Clear Soul Forces, Book Brown. Uh, all know, my peoples. <laughs> yeah, 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 you yeah. know, yeah. Oh, and, and that's what I love. You know, I mean, I, I love representing music that I personally love, you know, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Like we have some artists like our uh, our Canadian artists, you know, they're, they're no, the more a little modern sound, if you will. And, and uh, but it's still stuff that I can I can get with. You know what I mean? Like it's still not so far off the wall. Like if I don't believe in it or can't get behind it, it's, it's hard for me to bring them on board. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I got I got to believe in you gotta it. You got to stand behind it. Absolutely. Makes absolutely. it makes it organic at the end of the day. Because again, I've never exactly. I've never been about going out and let me round up everybody I can and get this. You know, I, I want to be the next Bad Boy record. 
that was never my thing. Every single person, in fact, that is on our roster, whether it's publishing or label side, came to me and asked, hey, would you be interested in this? Let's have a conversation about this. And, you know, we had the conversation and it either went that way or it didn't. Most of the times it does go that way. But every single person that's on my roster, they, they came to me. You know, I never went out and saw anybody out, you know. And, I, again, that's just part of that organic process. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, y'all know y'all can find us at it's, uh, leadingbelegendary.net. Um, find me on social media. Just search uh, name tag Alexander. It's going to pop up. It's not any artist on there under that name. <laughs> name tag Alexander. Uh, at Leading Be Legendary on the Instagram. At LABL Music on Twitter. Make sure y'all cop some merch. Yeah. Again, Theo, man, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, and thank you for having me. And uh, shout out to everybody out there living that dream, man. Hey, stay driven. Word. Peace. Let me live out my dream. Let me live out as what I intended to be. If you got a need, then I can probably see. Well, my success is not what you expected. The mixes, the blends, the cuts, the scratches, the classics, the cutting edge from one of the most incredible DJs on the planet. DJ DDT. Cutting